Seamus, The Case of the Thieves and Brigands, Part 16. At least he's dressed. It's based on the book The Great Taxi Cab Robbery by James H. Collins. Here you go, Mike. Eggs over easy with ham and rye toast. Oh, thanks, Doris. You make the best eggs. My cooks make the best eggs. It's one of the things I test them on. You, uh, seen Hunter yet today? I imagine Hunter's at the bottom of a bottle today. He took wings back to his spot on island south end to yesterday and got him settled. Then Hunter came to see me, and I gave him a piece of my mind about scaring me. Don't expect to see him for a few days. Yeah, I worry about him. It's the anniversary, isn't it? Abby, she died today. Jim, bring me a cup of coffee. Uh, not eating? I do my own cooking. Do you know what Hunter was up to lately? He got the hell beaten out of him. I'm surprised he didn't end up in the hospital with wings. That girl gave him a thumb drive. He seemed real glad to see. Oh, well, no, hold on. I, I don't know nothing about it. Didn't meet any of his clients, and Hunter didn't share his itinerary with me. He, he dropped by the bar and left an envelope. He's done that before, but he seemed to be saying goodbye this time. I think he thought he was going to die. He didn't seem upset about it. That made it even worse. Hunter could be scary sometimes. I chewed him out pretty good yesterday. I told him he has a family here concerned about him. I told him he should stick to taking pictures of cheating spouses and running down deadbeats. Pushed him to take the girl's case and that hacker case because I thought they would be simple. Nearly got him and Wings killed. Hey, it's not your fault, Doris. Hunter is working in a dangerous business. Even if he's stuck to taking pictures of cheaters, you never know when one of them will try to kill Hunter just to keep from being found out. Maybe I'll drop by Hunter's place later and make sure he has something to eat. That storage shed was a shit show. It just got stranger. Turns out there was a guy in lockup for beating his wife that was involved in the Uber robbery. Good thing for him that he was here instead of at that storage shed. Forensic says that some of the guys were shot post-mortem, like someone was making sure they were all dead. Real professional job. Wasn't nothing professional about the way that place was shot up. No, I think there was a gunfight, but someone came in later and cleaned up loose ends. Killed the guys that survived and made sure the dead stayed dead. James was involved. I know he was. Maybe. He isn't returning my calls. I'm not surprised. He's a complete waste of air. I'm pretty new here, but James seems like an okay guy. I don't know what your beef is with him. He's my beef. You should have seen the way he acted after his wife got whacked. Completely lost it. Real raging bull stuff. He blamed us for not finding her killer like it was our fault. It was just a random robbery. Hunter quit the force, but the rumor was they were going to fire him anyway. Too crazy. He's still all crazy. His wife died in front of him? Yeah. Got shot in a convenience store holdup. She was stupid enough to walk in on a convenience store robbery. If she had just stayed in the car, the perps would have taken the money and left. It was just random bad luck. They said when the paramedics arrived, 
They almost couldn't make Mr. Looney let go of her. Said it was wild. Like I said, crazy. Hunter. Hunter, are you there? He's been drinking again. You can stop knocking. He's not going to answer. I would call the police, but this is a good neighborhood. Even if one of the residents is a drunkard and keeps sketchy company. Is that right? Well, you dry it up old back and go right back into your cookie-cutter house and continue to spy on your neighbors. Well, I never... I bet you have. Tart! Get back in your house before I take a bat to you. Old busybody needs to mind her own business. I don't know how Hunter puts up with that pain in the rear for a neighbor. Hunter. Hunter, where are you? I've got some food. I'll just put it in the fridge. You can heat this up in the microwave. It's pork chop, mashed potatoes, and pie. I also have a bowl of plain rice here if you're hungover and can't eat real food immediately. I know he's here somewhere. Oh, Hunter. At least you're not naked. Let's get you into bed. Up we go, big boy. I appreciate your help locating the thumb drive and your ingenuity in bringing Mr. James on the team. Yes, his reputation for field work is justified. Indeed. So tell me what you know about the events that transpired yesterday. Not much to tell. Mr. James called me, saying that he had the drive and was on his way to deliver it to me. He didn't show. Several hours later, he showed up at the office with his bill in the drive. He said nothing else? No, Mr. James is reserved. Plays his cards close to the chest. Did more activity occur that I'm unaware of? Hmm, indeed. Have a seat and I'll fill you in on the details. As I said, we had been keeping an eye on Mr. James. One of my operatives had seen Dover's men take Mr. Bailey from James's house. It was impressive that Mr. James did not head straight for the roofing company, but went to some nearby storage buildings. He had deduced that Mr. Bailey was being held there. Did you know Bailey was in the storage buildings? Yes. Then why didn't you... It was not in our best interest to intervene with Mr. Bailey. As you will see, Mr. James was a much better choice for the rescue. It's about more than just the thumb drive. Yes, it was about more than the thumb drive. At first, Dover had one of his men ineptly try to make inroads into our network. We, of course, were curious, but didn't want to reveal our interest. It was valuable, as it highlighted a weakness in our system. We like to use a mix of high- and low-tech tools. Having Mr. Pierce transport the data using an Uber driver was flawed. We had thought that Uber would be random enough. However, Mr. Thomas managed to transport Mr. Pierce often enough to establish a pattern. Mr. Thomas figured out that Mr. Pierce was the transporter and told Mr. Dover about it. They had thought it was something to do with money transfers. Mr. Dover had someone on his crew that, laughably, he considered a computer expert. Up to that point, we were not concerned. 
The thumb drive had a failsafe, and their computer expert would trigger it if he got close. The data would be destroyed, and any computer network connected to the drive would be corrupted beyond repair. As it turned out, someone else took an interest in Dover's efforts. That is when we started to pay close attention. Why did you hire me, then? I do apologize. You were a Trojan horse of sorts. We wanted it to look like we needed someone else. We chose you because, in your field, you rise to the top. We had you discover who the hackers were. You, of course, were able to do this so quickly. Your skills are impressive. It was all just a smokescreen? Yes. A smokescreen that hit us well. We wanted to stay off the radar. Someone was beginning to become aware of our depth. Hiring you made it look like we needed outside help. A smokescreen, if you will, to protect our anonymity. It worked. It drew, um, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I guess I don't care. I get paid for the work, even if it isn't necessary. It was necessary, Mr. Casas. You will understand shortly. Go on. As I was saying, you discovered the truth quickly, but had difficulty pinpointing the exact location. The thumb drive moved between Dover's roofing company, the hacker's home, and the storage buildings. You knew it was in that area. It was then that you reached out to Mr. James, something we had not considered. As it turned out, we could accomplish our goals through his efforts. We are grateful. Grateful? You will see our gratitude when you look at our deposit in your bank account. I see. We were watching Mr. James. We were delighted to find out the target showed up in person. If we had been even remotely visible in this investigation, the actual brains behind the operation would never have revealed himself. Mr. James was an unknown factor that the target should not have discounted. We also dismissed James at first. We have changed our mind regarding Mr. James's talents. So, was it who you expected? Yes, it was. A very dangerous man. You don't say. Becoming the target of a very dangerous man was not part of the plan. Come now, Mr. Cassis. The target is most likely already aware of you, as we were, since you straddled the line as a gray hat operative. You were at minimal risk. It is Mr. James that got the target's attention. You can continue to operate in the shadows, Mr. Cassis, unhindered. Shall I continue? You have my attention. Mr. James was able to extract Mr. Bailey and deliver our calling card to the target. I'm confident that he was duly impressed when he tried to view the files on his laptop. James gave him the thumb drive. I thought that's what you were trying to avoid. As I said earlier, we were unconcerned. The drive was protected with a failsafe. No. Mr. James gave him the dummy drive, also loaded with a virus that would blow up any computer it was inserted in. The original drive was in safekeeping. So James gave the target a drive he knew would be quickly discovered as a trap and probably get him killed. Just so. A brave man. What about your target? Oh, yes, our target. We let him slip away during the gunfight. Why? To maintain our smokescreen. Mr. James was more than able to handle the situation. His intervention enabled us to discover the identity of our target. That was the real endgame. Can I ask who it was? I think you know of him, but I doubt you have ever sought out his company. A tall, thin man with blonde hair. Crooked smile. 
He has a scar running through his right eyebrow and a tattoo of a crow wrapping around his left wrist. Mr. Cassis, are you well? You suddenly look very pale. Can I get you some water? James H. Collins wrote for the New York Times more than a hundred years ago. His true crime book, The Great Taxicab Robbery, written in 1912, is the inspiration for the case of the thieves and brigands. Thanks to these early writers, we have the juicy detective stories we enjoy today. Here at New Meadows Media, we tip our hat to Mr. Collins for his contributions to this genre. Thank you for listening to Seamus. If you like this episode of Seamus, please leave a review and tell your friends. This has been Seamus, the case of the thieves and brigands, part 16. At least he's dressed and is based on the book by James H. Collins, The Great Taxicab Robbery. Mike Reagan was played by Nick Yamateo. Doris Poole was played by Jean Phillips. Wes Bennett was played by Patrick Brancato. J.D. Montalbo was played by Thomas Thompson. Mrs. Matheson was played by Elizabeth Rowe. Quinton Becker was played by Chris Hall. Alden Cassis was played by Matthew Gruff. I'm Leslie Woodroff. This episode of Seamus was written by Raven Wisdom and directed by Jean Phillips. Sound design for Seamus is provided by openmicrecordingstudio.com. Seamus is a New Meadows media production, all rights reserved.